everyone, and welcome to another live edition of the Top Rope Report here on Facebook Live, Anchor, Breaker. We got some new stations. Uh, also, I got to write them down. I got to remember uh, Google Podcast, Talking.com. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me every week, as usual, my co host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nokia Greg. Greg, welcome. Hey, Trip. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're doing our pay-per-view prediction show, the last of the no, big re- four. No, recap, recap. We already did our recap. predictions. Yes, our, our recap of, a, of last night's Survivor Series, the final one of the big four. Uh, one pay-per-view left in 2020, which is TLC. We'll get into that in the coming weeks. Um. Like I said, you know, I mean, I thought it was, I didn't think it was that bad of a show. There was a couple of surprises for me, a couple of things I expected to happen, um, a little humor, but I well, have I, to say probably. I didn't, got, I didn't think it was that bad of a show. I just don't think it met my expectations. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, a, I mean, you know, not everybody's going to think the same way. You know, I thought, uh. I was surprised that I thought SmackDown would have won more than one match. They did. But, uh, huh? They did. No, Roman Reigns was the only one that won from SmackDown. Sasha Banks won, the Street Profits won. That's right, Sasha Banks won and the Street Profits won. That's right, I forgot about that. And as usual, you called it, three to three. Yep. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, we're going to be doing our... Recap of the Survivor Series in the order that the matches happened. Um, the Battle Royal, there was people in there I was hoping were in there that weren't, and there were some people in there that I didn't think would be in there that were in there. So it was... Well, like, like I said, like, yeah, we'll, we'll just get into talking about that now. Um, like I had mentioned yesterday doing our predictions, I, I was you know, thinking to myself, okay, you know, it's a big four, you need some type of tiebreaker, that's why... I, said, you know, weeks ago that they should do a dual-branded pay-per-view. I was thinking it was to be around 20, so it was 18. But because it was placed on the pre-show, I, I really started to second-guess myself, even when I changed, even more when I changed my pick from Lars Sullivan to Daniel Bryan, that you weren't going to see, it was going to be, a, you know, at best mid-card and below wrestlers, which really is what it ended up being. Right. I mean, with the exception of maybe the Miz and Morrison being, and Rey Mysterio being on that little bit, uh, you know, uh, upper mid-card, everybody else was mid-card or below. Yep. Well, we got to give Jeff Hardy a little bit of uh, a little... A little bit above mid-card. Yeah, that, that's true. I forgot about him. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, also congratulations goes out to R-Truth, who won the uh, 24-7-47-11 tag team, uh, I mean, 7-11 championship for the 53rd time, I think. No, it's 46. 46. The identity of the gobbledygooker was known, was, until it was found out to be Drew Gulak, so that was uh, pretty interesting. Because the original one was Monda was uh, Hector Guerrero when the Survivor Series first debuted. So, 
But yeah, I mean, I'm you know, you want to get into starting the matches there? We can start. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're our- yeah, we're, we're talking about the battle royal. Yep. So uh, so we started. The battle royal to me, I mean, I kind of didn't didn't even realize that Miz wasn't eliminated because originally he was thrown over the top rope, but then landed on the apron. Right, and then rolled back in, and then got kicked out under the rope. And that was a smart move on his part because once you rolled back in, I mean, if he was. If he was kicked off the, the apron after he hit it, he would have been eliminated. But by rolling back in the ring, it restarted everything, and I didn't even realize that he wasn't eliminated. And Yeah, but are, are, aren't you getting sick and tired of these battle royal endings? I mean, come the fuck on. I mean, if I'm just getting Let somebody just fucking win it. Stop right. with this, oh, somebody was under the rope the whole time, and this person, oh, only one foot hit, and he did a handstand and jumped the scaffolding, and just fucking stop. It's right. okay yeah. if it's okay if people lose. Now, yeah. it, it, you know, it, it's almost turning out to be, I'm really getting angry with, with WWE because it's almost turning out to be to the point where it's like Little League, where everybody gets a participation trophy because you can't just lose. Oh, no, we didn't lose. We played together as a team, and we did great things. Just somebody was better than us. But it's okay. We're all still winners. Bullshit. You didn't win, you lost. Right. Absolutely. So. But, yeah, it's going to be um, an interesting... Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. Well, the, the yeah, yeah, the the battle royal. Oh, the battle royal, yeah. You thought it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it got to. I mean, it wasn't. There were some fast eliminations, but there was just. Yeah, the whole match was twelve minutes long. Yeah. So it was a. It was one of those. Uh, okay, it's getting ready to start and the next thing you know there's five guys left it's like wow where did everybody come from i mean i wasn't expecting and you know like you said when it was the mid carters to um low to mid carters you know you're obviously going to see shorty g and you know a few others in there so but overall i gave that a uh the only thing that i found amusing about the battle royal was in my hypothetical explanations to you and DJ and Joe, I used Chad Gable as the last person to be eliminated. And he almost was. You know, Dominic eliminated him last, thinking that he won, starts to celebrate, and then gets thrown out by the... I mean, you know, once again, that's, you know, the same ending we've seen in almost... Other than the Royal Rumble matches... In almost every battle royal that I can recently remember, that's how Lana became the number one contender for the women's title on Raw. You know, she wasn't really eliminated, and she came in and and, and wound up winning it. It's just, I'm getting getting tired of that. And there's there's my grade for the battle royal. I I can't see that. It's backwards. It's backwards when you show it to the camera. 
So it's a C minus. Yeah, I'm that that it. that's grading it kind of high for me. I would have given it a D to a D plus. Because once again, okay. there was nothing, nothing for winning it. Right. You know, if you're telling me you're gonna put that on on the main show in between two huge matches as a time filler. Maybe it gets a little bit higher of a grade, but it was on a pre-show, and it was, you know, what it was. Yep. And it was you that mentioned it yesterday. I want to go over something with you real quick before we get back to the talking about uh, recapping the pay-per-view. It was you that mentioned it yesterday, and I realized that you were right. Those They seemed, the announcers yesterday seemed a bit off on the pre-show. Yeah, they just did, and I mean, you know, as I'm not even gonna say love because I I never really loved them, but Booker T was like he totally forgot what the whole premise of the Survivor Series was because he was saying how he thought Bobby Lashley was gonna walk out as the champion, and he had mentioned that Drew McIntyre um, should be able to walk out as a champion. Well, no shit, Sherlock. They are going to yeah. walk out as champions because no titles were on the line. Right. And then that awkward segment with um, Bianca Belair and Natalia and I just Sami Zayn was on, and then all of a sudden they've got to go to a, a break. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. It just they just all seemed, you know. Off. Yep. I, I I totally agree after I saw I agreed with you 100% on that. And I think part of it was there's too many. You, you, why do you need five people on to highlight, you know, and preview six matches? Yep. Exactly. You just got, you know, you're just taking up way too much time. So... All right, well, I just wanted to bring that up there when, you know, realize that, you know, I, I, I did uh, catch it after I paid attention to the beginning of what they were saying. Right. That they did that they did seem a little bit off. So, all right, so the first match that was originally on the card was the five-on-five five men. Yes. To start off. I mean, you know, we knew... We we kind of figured they were going to start off with one of the five on fives. And, right, three of us. You know, three of us predicted it was going to be um, the ladies, and DJ was the only one to predict be the men, and he got the twenty five points for being right. Yep. And uh, that match, I was really surprised, and maybe you know, I might need an explanation on this. Uh, maybe I, I'm not, but I was really surprised that all five men from Raw were the were the survivors. Absolutely, totally agree. Yeah, I they, was they, totally they, surprised. They... I expected it to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I never expected Seth Rollins to be the first one eliminated until I realized. He's going to be taking time off to be with Becky Lynch for the baby, so he probably wanted to exit out of there early. That that has nothing to do with it. That that but has. He, he, but he didn't look like himself. I mean, no, he looked. Nugs. He looked like he he looked exactly like he did when he started this whole Messiah personification. I don't know if you remember back then. You know, he had all of a sudden just you know came down to the ring and 
And that's exactly that blank stare, just looking straight off into nothing. Uh, they had mentioned that he released some cryptic, some weird tweet or something before um, Survivor Series, you know, about the greater good. So it's, you know, he, he's lost all his disciples. You know, he had, you know, AOP and, and Murphy, and then he had just Murphy, and that was for a little while. And then he ended it all in his feud with, with Rey Mysterio, and then he needed redemption against Murphy, and he lost that. <clears throat> so he's at a crosswind. <clears throat> so it's easy for him to have to step away to figure out what's going on with the greater good. So he right. sacrificed himself to, to get knocked out of the match, and we'll see him again in January. Yep. And that's why I said I was surprised that all five guys survived. I mean, I was expecting an implosion somewhere. Right, and, and that's the whole thing. All, the, all you saw was dissension in, in the Raw um, Survivor Series team, and, and up until... Friday Night Smackdown, you didn't see or hear anything about the Smackdown team for the men. Yep. You wouldn't, you know, you, unless they didn't show, unless, you know, the only reason you knew is because they kept showing a little graphic, you know, that had the, the four guys and the one guy missing and, you know, to, to put Otis in it rather than Big E, why they did that, um, maybe so they can have the comedic you know, role that Otis plays was beyond me. Right. Yep. So, but I mean, I, I gave, I gave that match a B. I gave it a C. Um, huh? I gave it a C. Just. Okay. I'm, I thought that it was, it, it had, it had some good points. It had, uh, it had some bad points, but I overall, I thought the action was was pretty good. What action? I, I don't. I mean, it was a nineteen long. It was a t nineteen minute long match. Wow, that's a short match for a five on yeah, five. Nineteen minutes and twenty five seconds. Wow. You know, Raw. I mean, completely. I mean, I, I don't know. Was it? Um, was it Corbin? Let me think. Or no, Owens was stomping on, you know, Matt Riddle's feet was, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I, I was very disappointed in that match. Okay. That's, uh, understandable. So, but yeah, I thought, um, I mean, there could have been some, some better points and some better aspects of the match, but like I said, I mean, you know, I was, I was, I was when it got down when it was five on two, and it was just you know Otis and um, Jey Uso. I, I was you know I was expecting. I mean, maybe you know, okay, you get maybe you get Riddle out of there, um, then maybe Sheamus, and maybe it gets down to just. You know, AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, and Keith Lee, and then, you know, maybe somehow, you know, okay, Otis gets knocked out, and maybe somehow Jey Uso gets rid of Keith Lee and or AJ Styles, then it's the monster among men, 
you know, with the final elimination. Give me something, but it just... Boom. It just... Bleh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, let's see, the match after that was... The tag team match. New Day and Street Profits? Yes, yes. Definitely, definitely was very... That was an excellent very, match. Very excited for that match. That yes. was, hands down, a an A match. Yes, oh yes, absolutely A. Yeah, definitely an A match. It, it could have went either way. Either team could have grabbed a pinfall at any time. Well, I'll tell you that Montez Ford, you just can't and, keep him down. And there were there were several. Uh, I mean, there was one point when um, Xavier Woods was going to pin Montez, uh, and and it was one, two, and his arm was like, and we're talking two and seven eighths, where I I literally was I was like raising my hands, I'm like, oh, I'm right, and no, and then he kicked out and. There were several moments like that in that match, and I thought definitely that match. Um, he, and we'll get into the other matches later, but it was definitely one of the best matches on the card. Oh yes, definitely. I I agree. Like I said, it was it definitely got an A in my book. Um, action from beginning of the bell to the end. I mean they. But it, it just, to me, it just seemed like the New Day was more aggressive than they usually were. Did, did you notice that as well? Or? I mean, I, I saw that you and Joe had commented about that. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, I'm sorry, I gotta, if they yell at me, they, they can yell at me. This, this mask thing is, um, <coughs> I, I mean... I don't know if I want to say they were more aggressive because it's not like they, I don't know, it's it almost to me at one point when, you know, when they were outside the ring in front of the announcer's table, I almost smelled a slight heel turn. So maybe that's what you and Joe were, were, were talking about. Because you know how yeah. heels are a little bit, you know, <coughs> Damn it! <clears throat> Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, they. Yeah, they just seemed a little bit more certain. Certain parts of the match, they seemed a little bit more aggressive than usual. Um, a lot of times where they'll they'll have a smooth flow with a match with you know precision moves and precision tags and everything. It just seems like they were just a little bit more aggressive in this match for some reason. And, you know, maybe it's something that is going to be different with them being as Raw Tag Team Champions. Maybe they're going to start being a little bit more aggressive now. But, like I said, overall, I gave the match a, a solid A. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that great. Totally agree. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, and... And, um, and that match I actually mean, went 13 minutes and 40 seconds. And I noticed, it was like, oh my god, these guys are wrestling in sneakers. What happened to the boots? <laughs> so, what, what guys? Kofi Kingston had on a pair of green, uh, light blue sneakers, or green sneakers, or whatever it was. Well, I don't think came out in that special gear from a, a video game that they're all three of them are special characters in. So they came out dressed in the same gear 
that that their characters in the video game are dressed as. So I don't know if maybe due to them wearing all that, maybe he couldn't wear his, you know, regular in-ring footwear. I mean... Yeah, yeah that's possible. I mean, I, yeah. I generally don't check out people's feet, so... I was surprised to see Big E coming to the ring with him. I mean, it's... Uh... When I saw that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then you didn't see, he must have went back to the locker room right. after that. Right, was... right. And like you said, that goes to say, he, they were with Gears of War. They wanted to show off the outfits that they were having on for Gears of War for all three of them. Yep. So, but yeah, like I said, once again, I'd have to, I'd have to say it was definitely one of the top matches on the card of the evening, and I definitely gave it an A. Yep. That that's where the elevator, you know, was down for me with the men's and the battle royal, and then it went up with the with the tag team match, and then the next yep. match came on and it went down again. It was Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Um, it lasted almost eight minutes long. Uh, the the result was no surprise to any of us, and probably no surprise to ninety five percent of the wrestling fans. Uh, maybe only the die hard. <coughs> Sami Zayn fans thought Sami Zayn was going to win. Right. But it, it it was there was never a point in the match that you thought Sami Zayn was going to win. Right. It did have a little comedy as he kept going out of the ring trying to entice members of the Hurt Business to get involved so he'd win by disqualification. <clears throat> but... Once again, this match yeah. went exactly as planned, and it was, you know, a drawn-out squash. Right, like he did with MVP, where he said MVP tripped him. and Well, he did trip him. Well, the referee was like, you know, you tripped <coughs> over his leg. And well, the referee didn't really even see it, because he was talking to Bobby Lashley. Right. But he thought well, he should have yeah. gotten, he thought he that uh, he should have won by disqualification, because MVP put his hands on him to throw him back in the ring. Oh, okay. Because I talked to DJ and I told him, I said, I'm just waiting for the Bobby Lashley match so I can go out and have a cigarette because I really don't care what happens to that match. And by the time I came back, he had to pull Nelson on him. And I, I mean, you, you do realize that on, on when you're watching it through WWE Network, there's this fancy function called pause. So, yeah, so you can pause it and go out and do your cigarette or go to the bathroom and come back and see, you know, the entire matches? Yeah, I know. I just didn't think of it at the time. Why do you keep picking your nose, dude? You're on camera. I'm, I'm itching it. Yeah, okay. I have an itching. I have an itching. No, this is picking my nose up there. Mm. I'm itching it because the inside is itchy. <laughs> so... And then, once again, um, I, I mean, I, well, I should say once again, that was another C-minus match C for me. Match, yep. I gave it C borderline C-minus D. Because it was one of those, you knew what the outcome was going to be, you were just waiting to see how long it was going to last. Yeah. Basically. Yep. Uh, and like you said, you know, Bobby Lashley was not in any kind of danger of losing the match at all. It was just to see how how long he would have punished um, Sami Zayn for. That's all. Yep. Yep. Then we then we step back on the elevator, 
and took the elevator up again as we had Sasha Banks take on Asuka in the women's match. Um, this match went just over 13 minutes. It was 13 minutes and 5 seconds. And 13 minutes and 4 seconds of it was exciting. <laughs> yes, it was. And the only one that the only one of us that picked Sasha on the prediction show was DJ. Yep. Uh, but he picked by submission. and Oh, it was submission. That's right. I think you picked her by submission, Sasha. Yeah, I know you picked her by submission. Yeah. But um, overall, though, were you surprised Sasha got the win? Well, I picked Oscar to win, so I have to say yes. Yeah. But no, I wasn't. I mean, it was... Like, it, was it was a was match surprised. that could have gone either way. Yep. Uh, I was surprised because I picked Carmella to... You know, come out and show some kind of interference like she did the last three times that Sasha Banks was wrestling and she never showed up. And, you know, I, I think so, I can definitely say, and a lot of people that saw it can definitely say, that Sasha won the match fair and square. Yes. Absolutely. And was I surprised that she beat Asuka? Yes and no, because Sasha's a, a, a great women's champion. She's a good women's wrestler. And I was surprised that, you know, she got not only the win, she got the submission win against Asuka. Well, I knew that that's the way the match was going to be won. It was either going to be won with the Asuka lock or it was going to be won with the bank statement. I, I didn't see any other, you know, truly, I didn't see any other finish for the match. Um, I mean, obviously, there could have been, you know, the double disqualification, or double count out. Um, you know, outside interference, uh, but I, you know, it was one of those matches where, you know, you, you wanted to see a clean win, and you did. Yep. Yes, it was, and overall, I gave the match an A. Yep. Yep, I totally agree with that, Mark, with that, that letter grade as well. Yep, and it was one of the, it was, you know... It was it was the best of the women's matches, to be honest with you. And it was I, I was not disappointed at the like you said it was thirteen minutes and five seconds, and it was thirteen minutes and four seconds of excitement because it was excitement from it was action packed from beginning to end. Yeah, to me the the last second of the match that wasn't exciting um, was the final second of Oscar tapping out because that made me right. wrong. That, that's the only reason why I say that that one second, that last second didn't excite me. Um, but yeah. I thought, you know, the once again, plenty near falls. Um, they, you know, 95% of the time kept the action in the ring. There was no outside interference. Uh, I just, I thought it was, you know, tremendous. Yeah. We have a comment from John Bess. He was commenting on your post, on your comment that you said about the five people um, for the pre-show, and he types in three at most is all that's needed. Right. And see, this is another thing. The way the screen split up for me, I can't see comments. That That's why I just, uh -huh. I don't know what's, you know, you why it's... No, I don't have that function. Oh, okay. So, so. Yeah, but, you know, I gave it like I said, now I gave it an A, definitely well-deserved action. 
all the way. Nope. Hold on. Sorry, I had a little. Uh, where am I here? Okay. Yeah, when I'm in this other room, um, my Wi-Fi. Um, there we go. And I just lost you, Mike. Oop, there you are. Can you hear me? Oh, you got him? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Well, I disappeared. Your yeah, it's there we go. My screen went totally black because I lost my uh -huh. Wi-Fi connection for a moment. Oh, okay. My, no, my it was perfectly fine here. I saw you and heard you. Oh, okay. All right. And then the next match, we, in my opinion, stepped back on the elevator and went back down, um, was the women's five-on-five. Five. And I, I thought up until the last, I don't know, two minutes of the match, um, I, I would have given it a B, B-minus, but from the point where <coughs> Bianca Belair got choked out and landed on the bottom rope with her arm and you know the whole disqualification Tonight Jacks being outside the ring for at least five seconds but for whatever reason the referee didn't start his 10 count because I actually had to go back to look at it afterwards um, then he started his 10, you know, the 10 count when Bianca Belair was brought out of the ring. So Nia Jax was out of the ring for 15 seconds. Bianca Belair was out for 10. Yeah. And then, you know, as you, as you called it, Lana didn't voluntarily hang out outside the ring. She was told to go to the steps <laughs> and not move. And, that, that was funny because and, and, she stood there like, like a scolded little girl, you know? Right. With a sad face. <clears throat> right. So if, if you're going to do that and then have her be the sole survivor, fine. Leave it at that. But then just the way she celebrated so loudly and like she actually accomplished something by being the sole survivor when she didn't do anything. That brought right. the overall letter grade for me from probably, like I said, a B or B minus to a C to C plus. It was, yep, it was, right. it was, I'll say in quotes, the best of the C matches. So. And I would definitely agree with that. 100%. I mean, she, um, she didn't uh, really do anything to warrant the celebration that she had. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And I said that she was going to be the sole survivor because she was going to hang out outside the ring. Not not by choice, but... But how surprised were you? Let me ask you, how surprised were you that Bailey was the first one eliminated? I was very surprised. Like I said, I thought Team SmackDown was going to come down to her and Bianca Belair. And then, you know, maybe that would eventually lead to a feud between the two of them. Um, but with her being the, you know, the self-acclaimed captain 
and Bianca Belair being the last one, I could still see the possibility of them being able to start a little turmoil between the two of them. Um, right. for a little For a little feud between the two of them. And, uh, yeah, because I was like, I was looking at it like, wow, Bailey got, and Bailey got eliminated by Peyton Royce, too. And Peyton Royce didn't look that, I mean, performance-wise. Um, I don't like the, the hair dye job that she had. It didn't, you know, kind of lost me a little with that. But her in-ring, in my opinion, in-ring performance showed me a little bit um, towards the 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 reason why maybe Vince McMahon was looking to give her a little singles push. Yeah. She's definitely improved a bit in the ring over time. Yes. And, I mean, maybe it's me. Maybe my eyes are going to my old age, but Nia Jack seems to be getting bigger every time I see I, her. I saw, uh, that, that's the first thought when she was walking down the ring. I don't know if it was that stupid, I don't know, fish gill thing that she had on her side hip that made it or whatever, but yeah, she definitely looked pleasantly so, plump. Man, if they ever told her to haul ass, she'd have to make two trips. But, uh, yeah, so she definitely looks a, a, a bit bigger. But overall, I would say, you know, the, the action in that match was what I expected it to be, and I expected it to be, you know, the C, C-plus match. Yeah. So. You know, and it was your typical Nia Jax here, hit me as many times as you can, oh, then kick me in my surgically repaired knee to get me to go down to my knee. Uh, you know, same right. thing. You know, like the same thing you used to do with Andre the Giant, every other big man that nobody could, could you know, combat and, and knock down because, you know what, in, don't take this the wrong way or anything, but you know what? If you're six feet tall, 300 pounds, and somebody that's five foot tall, 150 pounds, punches you in the face, just because you're 150 pounds heavier than them, doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. Right. You know, I, I can understand them trying to knock you down with their shoulder. Okay, well, that's body versus body. But you know what? You break somebody's nose, you break somebody's nose. Doesn't matter how big they are. So when they, she gets kicked in the face or kicked in the head and doesn't move, it just makes it all that much more stupid. Right. But uh, I thought um, I thought Peyton Royce had a good performance. Um, Lacey Evans, her performance wasn't too bad. She needs to get rid of that hanky that she takes down. You know, that's just all show and yeah, but yeah, but overall, I thought the match got a C, C plus. I yeah. agree with you. Yep, yep. Well, excuse me, sorry. Um, then obviously on to the last match of the pay per view, um, which was you know Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Um, well, first the women's five and five match went twenty three minutes and twenty seconds. So, 21 minutes of B action, 2 minutes and 20 seconds of F action. That's why I gave it the grade I gave it. Then right. came the main event. Um, well, the last match. I, I mean, I don't know if you can consider it a main event after what we saw after that. Um, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Um, 
This match went 24 minutes and 50. That's five zero seconds long. And I, I wanted five more minutes, if not more. This was um, a match of the year contender. Um, I, I, I think the last three pay-per-view matches that Roman Reigns have been in have been A to A-plus matches. And to me, this was the elevator going to the top floor um, in reference to the matches, and this was an A-plus. To me, this was the best match on the card. Yes, I agree. It had every it, it had everything that you thought it was going to have, and then some um, definite um, edge of your seat. Oh my God! I thought I was going to get the three count there. Yep. And it was it was to be honest with you, I never knew Roman Reigns had that submission move. We all picked Roman to win by pin. Well, that's how we choked out Jey Uso, and you know, and that's how he was. Choking out his brother, um, and that's what made Jake quit. You know, say I quit. Yeah, you know, and that so he has used that in matches. You know, since his comeback. And I think, and I think that uh, that match kind of opened up Roman's eyes a bit. You know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the head of the table, but I'm not infallible. I, I can, you know. I can get in the ring with somebody who's equally as strong and equally as good as I am. And I was very, very impressed with that match, and I gave it a solid A-plus from beginning to end. Yep. All 23 or 24 minutes of it, definitely. Yeah. The whole, The whole match. Yep. And the only... And, and to me, the only thing that could have taking the match down was... Oh, Trib just... Where'd he go? Oh, he where was, am I? I don't know. You, you played with your phone and you turned your camera around again. Where am I? Once again, you were touching your phone and you turned your camera because that's what you like to do. There I am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why... Well, I'll have to keep, I don't know why you I haven't have learned your lesson. But, uh, yeah, I would have to say that's match of the year candidate. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and at the end of the year, when we do our season ending awards, it's going to be tough to pick a match of the year. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there have been several of them. Yep. Um, but um, as I was saying, I, I just, I was, the only thing I would have brought the gray down a little bit is if at the end of the match, when he clearly, you know, well, I should say clearly, but, you know, he, uh, well, I don't know. Drew McIntyre never tapped because he got knocked out. He got choked out. Um, is if the Miz came down at that point and, and, and cashed in. I think that would have brought the, the whole match down a letter grade. So, although I was kind of looking for it to happen, I'm, I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad they let the match end the way it ended with, you know, Roman Reigns being victorious. Yep. And the sad part about it is we'll probably, we probably won't see those two guys going at it again. 
because it's two different shows, two different champions, and you know it's it's a match that I would definitely look forward to seeing again. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Roman Reigns and Randy Orton would have had that kind of match. I don't know. Um, I, I think it would have been a different match. Um, Strategically. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, the. You know, Randy Orton's a little bit more methodical as to where Drew McIntyre's definitely more, you know, in-your-face power. Yep. So that was definite, uh, definitely lived up to the, to the billing. Yes. Yep. And, and then the last segment of the, um, the show was the farewell tribute to The Undertaker. Yep. And I, I don't know if you want to go first, or, I mean, I could, I mean, they had a little confusion to me. We can get into when we get to it. Um, they had 15 people come down to the ring. Um, and I, I wrote them all down. Um, in the order that they came down, and if, if it's okay with you, I mean, we still have about 20 minutes left on Anchor and whatever amount of time yeah. we have up and talk to you, but um, I, I do need... It. You are more into the history of WWE than I am, so... But um, first one down, I mean, order didn't matter, but first one down was Shane McMahon. Okay, you have McMahon come down. He's had some great matches with The Undertaker. Understood. Mm -hmm. Then you had The Big Show. Okay. You know, Big Show, Undertaker, you know. All right. Then JBL. Totally understand. I mean, they're, they're friends, you know, good friends outside of WWE. Yep. This next one I need an explanation for. Um, <laughs> and his connection and, and why he was chosen to be one of the 15 to come down, and that's Jeff Hardy. Right, and, for, and I have no idea why. Maybe it's because he was paying tribute to The Undertaker with the eyes and the makeup, and the, I don't know. I just don't know why. It's just okay. like, why I, I, was I, I wasn't sure if I was missing something. Um, then we had Mick Foley, once again, self-explanatory. Um, yep. The Godfather? Well, The Godfather and uh, The Undertaker had a um, personal... That's that's what, I, that's what I thought. And I think that that's... He's one of the ones that were coming down when Michael Cole mentioned how well of... How good friends they are outside of the ring. Um, yep. Then... We had the Godwins um, and Savio Vega come come next. They were part, and I can't. And every time I, I, they were part of some. I don't even know if it was an official wrestling faction, but there was a group of wrestlers that the Undertaker was involved with backstage. The Ministry. No, it wasn't the ministry. It was something different. It, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. And I was trying to think about what they said. And I, I was watching a YouTube video just before I came to this little room here that I do the show from today. 
and they mentioned it, and, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, so that was yes, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, then yeah. came down Rikishi. Not really sure where the connection between the Undertaker and Rikishi was. Then Kevin Nash, Booker T. Once again, what went on in, in, I know, once again, they mentioned that Kevin Nash was a, you know, of a good friend of, of, you know, the Undertaker's, you know, outside of the wrestling world, but is Booker T somebody like that as well? You know, do you, do you envision Booker T and, and the Undertaker standing out in the Undertaker's backyard having, you know, beer and talking over ribs? I, I don't. Um, then came, you know, the four obvious ones, um, that you would have no questions to why they were there. Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Triple H, and then Kane, um, and not that I have an issue with Kane being the last one out, but nobody else was dressed in their wrestling gear. Kane was dressed in his wrestling gear. Mm-hmm. Okay, but why was it the version of Kane that was the least involved with The Undertaker that he dressed up as he came out? Why wasn't it right. that other mask that covered his face fully that was shiny red and black? That yep. was the Brothers of Destruction Kane that should have come out to the ring. Right. One guy that I was surprised that didn't come out that had a past with The Undertaker was Maven. Maven was, a, from NXT, eliminated The Undertaker in the Royal Rumble in his first appearance in the Royal Rumble. And that's what that put Maven on the map in WWE. No, nope. I he eliminated the Undertaker, which shocked everybody. But if 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 you're gonna, I mean, he, no, I I don't I don't I never Another even thing. never even thought for a not even a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a second that Maven would be involved in a celebration of the Undertaker's final farewell. Now, the, the celebration was really touching, really good. I thought the best part was when they showed the picture of Paul Bear. Yeah, the holographic. Um, well, it was a holographic yeah. image that they projected yeah. into the ring. And you could see it hit the Undertaker. You could see it, it in his face. It hit the Undertaker. The thing that I couldn't figure out and... Maybe you can explain it to me why they weren't in the ring when he was in there. Like when they had the retirement party for Ric Flair. Exactly. They brought, what? They brought all the wrestlers down. And, and then the rest of the up. people that didn't come into the ring were out on the stage. Uh-huh. You know, um, and that was, that was going to be one of my, my points um, was why... Do you bring these fifteen people out to not even okay? You don't want to. You want the Undertaker to come down and have the ring to himself 
fine. Why weren't these 15 people around the three sides of the ring? Right. I, I just, or, or why didn't you bring the Undertaker down first and then bring down these 15 people? I, I just don't right. understand that. Still- he can still have the ring to himself, just the other ones will be outside, the other 15 will be outside the ring. Yeah, the only other person that I that I thought they may have brought down um, was Stephanie McMahon. I mean, after all, I mean, she's a McMahon. Um, mm-hmm. They almost got married in the ring, you know, forcibly. Uh, and so yep. she had a little bit more interaction with The Undertaker, just with her being... You know, you know McMahon bloodline. Um, for a right. brief second, I thought maybe they would bring down Michelle McCool, but then I'm like, no, because then they're totally breaking character of the Undertaker because there's never, you know, any mention of the two of them and their their relationship outside of WWE um, right. while being in the yeah. WWE or even thereafter. So then that didn't make sense to to that, but. Um, yeah, I agree with you. They, even but, though they only had one match, were you surprised they didn't bring out AJ Styles? No, he hasn't had okay. he hasn't had that long of an interaction with the Undertaker. Because then you got to start right. bringing in everybody that he's had matches with. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you had a little few, that's why it wouldn't have made sense to me for them to bring Maven down, as you explained it, because. You know, why not? I mean, then you have to bring Brock Lesnar down. You have to do anything and everything in your power to have Brock Lesnar be there. You you buy him from the, from the Canadian government and put him up at a, a 12-star resort, you know, till, so he can get back into Canada in two weeks with no issues because he is the most famous person that The Undertaker ever lost to. was a very, very touching tribute. Um, I understand that, you know, there's a lot of kayfabe in wrestling and um, a lot of storylines to play up. The one thing that bothers me a lot when I hear it, when even when Charlie Caruso said it on the pre-show, yes, it was The Undertaker's debut pay-per-view. It was not The Undertaker's debut in the WWE. It was not his debut match. It was his debut pay-per-view. But, Mike, back then, they they didn't promote house shows. They didn't promote anything. You You only appeared when you appeared on TV. Yep. So his debut appearance was the Survivor Series. Even though he had a bit to do with his career in the beginning, were you surprised that they didn't bring out Bruce Pritchard? No. Okay. No. I, I I wasn't surprised either because it was it was just something that you know Paul Bearer had more of a profound impact on the Undertaker than Bruce Pritchard did. And you know, like I said, it was a tremendous tribute, well deserved. Uh, Undertaker, thank you for thirty years. There'll never be another one like you. Um, hopefully, we'll see him again before the Hall of Fame. 
You know, maybe nope. he'll make a guest appearance or something. I or... I honestly don't think so. I really don't. Just just the way and I mean I, I like I, I would love to have seen um before the whole thing, um would I have loved to have seen, you know, the fiend show up and confront him and you know, even you and you know, we we're all saying, Yeah, I, I think something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen after it was done. I was so happy that they didn't do it. Right. You know, because he, yes, he genuinely, I mean, Vince McMahon was, was choked up. I mean, you heard it in, in his voice. He was choked up. And he wasn't even in the ring when The Undertaker came down. Right. <clears throat> it took, <clears throat> from the moment the first gong went... To his, um, him getting in the ring, <clears throat> finally, was five minutes and 54 seconds. And then to where his music finally stopped was seven minutes and 27 seconds. And you know what, when, when you sit at a traffic light and you're just waiting for that light to turn... And it feels like it's going to be forever. The longest light cycle is typically a minute. Most are about 30 seconds. Right. And you feel every second of that waiting for that light. Mike, I wish that entrance could have lasted 17 minutes. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Um, I didn't time the exit just because that was the last thing on my mind. Um was timing how long it was going to take for him to walk up and, you know, raise his arm because mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I knew his career, was, you know, in the ring is over, but I still just didn't want it to end. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it was me. I understand he's 74 years old, but Vince McMahon looked terrible. Well, he looked 74 years old. We, have, we haven't seen a lot of him lately. But when I saw him in the ring, it's like, oh my God, he, he looks terrible. He looks so skinny. You can see it in his face. And it was like, you know, he, he came out and he made the nice heartfelt speech. And, you know, like I said, there's never going to be Another Undertaker, 30 years is unbelievable. Nobody in any sport lasts 30 years, I'm sorry, especially in pro wrestling. Right. We know a lot of it is choreographed, we know a lot of it is scripted, but you do get hurt. He's had hip replacement surgery, knee replacement surgery. Um, Triple H said it best when he first came into wrestling, the guy taped duct taped a flak jacket to his chest to go out and wrestle because he had every he broke every rib in his body and still wrestled that night and there's just never going to be another one of them so he's probably never going to see this never going to hear this but Undertaker thank you for the memories somebody had posted on Facebook his debut was, was November 22nd um 
1990 was his debut, and it said his last match was November 22nd, 2020. So I typed back in the comment section that wasn't his last match because he didn't wrestle last night. Right. He just came out and had his celebration. So, but that was, that was put, that's what put the B plus for me for the pay-per-view. I'm glad it went off without a hitch. Um, usually with the WWE would like to do a lot of dramatics and, you know, like we said, somebody get attacked or, or something like that. But I'm glad it didn't happen on this occasion. Right. And I overall grade um, for the pay-per-view was a, a low B to a high B-. minus. Dad give it a number, it's like right around 83. Um, some people consider 83 a B, some consider it a B minus. Um, they were just the, you know, A's and the C's. Yeah. And you throw in the, you know, the, the one battle royal and that was a D, so it kind of, you know, brings a little lower. And we want to thank you for listening here on this Monday night um, here on Spotify and Anchor and Google Podcasts and anywhere else you can hear us, Breaker. Um, We will be back on the air on Sunday, but do not miss the debut tomorrow of my personal podcast, Talking Sports with the Nugster. That'll be up on, you know, sometime in the afternoon. I go live on TalkShoe at 1 o'clock. So looking forward to just talking sports. And once again, this is Top Rope Report. Thank you and enjoy your week.